Dave Williams presents Conversations.Buzz. KJ Allen, nice to meet you. Really is. I have been very much looking forward to talking with you because uh, it's my understanding that uh, you have a group of radio stations there in in, uh, eastern Georgia, eastern central, or however you refer to it, and uh, that they're local stations, and you proudly proclaim that that is your business, making better local radio. Is that right? That's correct. And Dave, thank you for having me. The, the caliber of the guests you've had on your program. I don't know if I fit in with everybody, but I'll, I'll do my best. But uh, yeah, we, we absolutely take the, 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 the word radio as a badge of honor. It's, it's a business that's been around for over a hundred years now. And uh, it's as cool today as it was on the first day. And it, it has changed and we have to uh, em- embrace that change and we have to move forward with it. But um, you know, radio can can live on generation after generation if we uh, continue to support it and to back it up and and not try to retreat into, uh, you know, in, into other things. Obviously, adding to it in the digital sphere is very important, but but radio is our core business. The thing that got my attention and I, I, I was I was one of the uh, the many people in the business. I retired just a couple of months ago, but I was in the business for a very long time. And I considered myself lucky because I was getting out just as the industry was becoming history. And there are so many people in the business that still believe that. They think, well, number one, uh, technology has overtaken, you know, having a big stick in the backyard of a brick building and, you know, sending all the sound out into the airwaves. We've got much better technology now. So anyway, yes, I was I was one of those going, well, you know, it's been great, but we are the lamplighters of the 21st century. Right. And then kind of coincidentally, the industry started uh, started seeing uh, a lot of economic problems at the top of these big corporations that own four and five hundred radio stations. Mm-hmm. And they would start cutting back on their resources and sending people uh, out into the unemployment world and uh, you know, making program directors do three or four or five different radio stations at a time. And general managers are becoming market managers and they've got three or four or five different radio stations. And, and, and you know, you just, you lose quality, you lose content and you lose that, that local contact that has always been the root of it. And since then, I found out about you. I found out about Tom Langmire, who's doing something similar with uh, Great Lakes Media. And uh, I'm going, wow, some of these people have figured it out. Uh, the future of radio may be in the past. Well, and I, anybody that says that radio is a relic, I, I understand where they're coming from because, you, you know, I can go around to some large market stations. I can go around to some small market stations and get pretty sad by seeing what, what we see there. But I think that there are really two extremes that a lot of broadcasters have gotten into as the technology began to change. One was let's freak out. Let's try to fight it. Let's try to, you know, uh, uh, you know, do, do whatever, you know, let's take radio out of our name altogether. Let's just, you know, try to, you know, do everything that we can. And, and, and then they lost sight of what the core business is. They lost sight of those things you talked about, about connecting with the community about, um, you know, putting your best foot forward. And, you know, we're, we're licensed as public trustees of our community. And we have been since, since day one, since, uh, the Department of Commerce was uh, over, oversaw us back, uh, 
back in the beginning. And that language is still in there, right? It's I still mean, in there. That's it's right. just that people have given up doing it. Right. And and because they got scared and they ran in different directions. And then there was the other extreme, which were the people that said, I don't care what's happening out in the rest of the world and what's happening in the environment. I've been doing radio since whatever year, and that's the way it's going to be. And I and I hear a lot of a lot of great radio folks that say we just need to roll back the hands of time and go back to 1986. And I say, man, I support that more than anything in the world. Take me with you, but we need to roll our environment back with us too. We got to turn off all the iPods and turn off the, uh, the Pandora's and all that. Let's go back. I, I want to watch the news at 6 PM and 11 PM. Like I did my entire life. That's I'm programmed that way, but nobody under the age of 35 is, they don't understand that concept of you're going to tell me what I'm going to watch, what I'm going to listen to and when I'm going to listen to it. We need to meet them somewhere halfway. And that's where we have been in, in our business. We're not running scared of the emerging technology. We're not ignoring it either. We're looking at we're looking forward and we're trying to find the best middle ground of how we can produce good local content, be involved in our community in the best means that we're able to do that. And obviously there are only so many resources. You know, I I, I think a lot of people Outside of the radio business, they don't know how we make our money. Uh, you know, I talk to people that, you know, even family members of mine, they think we get government grants or something. I have no idea. <laughs> even people in the radio station, I, you know, I think they look around and, you know, that loud noise in the back of the building in that room that generates all that heat, that that's a transmitter. That's not a money-making machine. You know, so there's only so many, uh, the, fi- the resources are finite. So it's about taking that and getting the most bang for your buck remembering what got us here, but also knowing that we are in a competitive landscape and we need to survive as we go into the future. Take me back to a little, give me a little bit of your personal history and in, in the business and how you got to be in the position that you're in now. Well, radio has been a passion of mine. uh, As long as I can remember, my mother can tell you that I would walk around and interview her with a, uh, uh, the, the, the paper towel roll, once it was empty, that was the microphone, and, uh, you know, so that was my thing. I always, and I love weather too. When I was, when I was growing up, I loved that. And, and I thought I would be in television meteorology and, and, um, and then I discovered, well, I can get into radio a little bit sooner than, than being on the ABC affiliate in Knoxville, Tennessee. So, um, so I, I started when I was a sophomore in high school and, um, and, Pretty much, I'll just give you this quick story of my of how I got hired at my first job because it really paints a picture that a lot of things are about luck. I know people think, oh, I'm I'm great at you know I got all this skill. Yeah, skill is important and working hard is important, but man, luck could be fifty percent of it sometimes. Uh, I, I went in the station in my hometown in, in in Jefferson City, Tennessee, was about to be sold, and that was private information. Nobody knew that in the public yet. And I bugged them about getting a job and I called, made friends with the night disc jockey. And, and finally, the manager said, well, come in. I'll have an interview with you. And I'm using air quotes for those listening in audio. And really, that was about him telling me, listen, the station's going to be sold. We're not hiring anybody. So I'm interviewing and a young lady walks in and says, Mike, uh, can I have off this weekend? And he said, well, you're just off last weekend. you know." And he looked at me, and said, kid, can you work this weekend? I said, I sure can. So that's how I got my first job. <laughs> And uh, and and from there, you know, stayed on the programming side, had a great opportunity to work at WSM in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and that was just a huge highlight and so much to learn there and and um, a great experience. 
And then I went from that's that's one of those sets of call letters that uh, that makes uh, uh, those of us in the business kind of catch our hearts and our throats. Right? Yeah. We get a I big, wow. And even even at my age and with my time in the business, WSM, that is uh, that's big time. I just wanted a tour of the place. I mean, from the time I knew what WSM was and, and, and then through radio, I, you know, bucket list item, just give me a tour of the place and, and I'll die happy. I'll leave you all alone. But, uh, I had the opportunity to, to be there and, and guide that ship for a while. And, and that was wonderful. And, uh, then from there, you know, it was time to, um, get into my own thing. And that's when, um, our, our company started in 2005, 2006. And uh, if you're a history buff, we know what happened in 2008, which was the Great Recession. And, uh, you know, like we talked about a little bit ago, that that killed off some major companies. Uh, you know, Citadel did not survive that. Um, you had small companies that, that folded up, and that was very tough. And uh, uh, but but we made it through. We just started. I mean, 2007 was a great was a rocking year. Our revenues. We took a station that had really it was off the air. So it was zero revenue. But. Prior to that, it did very poorly and uh, turned it around. And, and I credit that with good people. Um, that's 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 all I do is, is try to hire the the best people, and, and they make me look good. Uh, and and then 2008 hit, and we had to really tighten the belt and and talk about learning lessons really really fast. And uh, but we made it through that, uh, continued on, and um, and again through a string of some luck and some relationships and. And just getting out there, uh, we now put together, I think it's about 11 signals uh, in middle and north Georgia uh, between some LMA, some owner-operator things that we do here locally. And just, you know, put together a, a package of good radio stations um, that our, our local communities, uh, I believe, are, are, are proud of. And, and our clients get good results. And, you know, that's all we ask for. We, we want we – want, uh, to be a station that if, if somebody flies in from New York City and they're looking for a place to, to build their next manufacturing plant or whatever it may be, first of all, come to Georgia. It's the greatest state in the, in the union, best state to do business in, I think, nine years running now. So a little ad for Georgia on that. Come to Georgia and then come to one of my markets. And when you're driving around and you're just looking at the infrastructure and turn on our radio stations to get an idea of what's going on. And I want that to be kind of the scene setter to get you the feel of we're a quality radio station because we're in a quality community with quality people. How many stations do you have? So like five uh, or 11, six? 11 signals. Uh, 11 so signals. Translators, AMs, full power FMs. Yeah. And, and you're, and there's, they're spread around. I, I seen the, I've seen the, uh, the map on your website. Did, did you say it's Okani? Is that how you Oconee. pronounce it? Okani. Yeah. That's a Creek Indian word for radio. Oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oconee County in uh, in Georgia. Okay. There are a lot of Oconees. There's Oconee County, the, the Oconee River, a city of Oconee, and it's the mix it up. There's Oconee County, South Carolina. So, uh, it, you know, we figured we'd throw one more Oconee in there to see how it okay. goes. So, so you're you're located in small markets, and you know they're a certain distance apart. I, I, I assume that you you can't hear one station from the next, or at least maybe. You know, tell me about your operation. How does it yeah, yeah. work? They are all um, 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 contiguous, I guess you would say, um, particularly there are two markets, um, Milledgeville, Georgia, which is actually the state capital of Georgia before Atlanta. So um, the old capital is still there, which is kind of neat. Great college town, two big colleges there. Um, and 
that is uh, sits right next to an area called Lake Oconee. It's Greensboro, Eatonton, Madison, Georgia area. So those two markets really combine as one in, in a lot of ways. They're sort of sub-markets of each other. But between those two, there are five signals that, that cover that area. Um, two are really good in Milledgeville. Two are great up in the Lake Oconee area. And then there's one uh, that covers both markets. So the, those package very, very well together. Um, and then once you start to run out of signal driving north from the Milledgeville Lake Oconee, you're getting into Athens, Georgia. Go dogs. And uh, we have a signal there uh, that uh, just came on in the summer of 2022 uh, and, and has done really well. And again, I'll go back to the word luck. There was a lot of lot of luck involved in being able to move that signal in and um, and a lot of hard work. And, and you know, talk about something that takes uh, a, a little bit of, uh, of courage and faith and whatever. Putting on a brand new radio station from static to a new signal in the year 2022 will keep you up at night because you don't know. I mean, you don't know, you know, back, back in the day, you turn on an FM radio station and, you know, just people just hit and seek on the radio. They'd find you within about 15 seconds and you, you couldn't hide very long, but you wonder about these days. Um, and uh, to our surprise, it took off very well and, and has really connected with the community. Um, so we're really proud of that station. And then we operate one that, does stand completely on its own down in Washington, Georgia, cute little town. And, you know, we're, we're down there. Uh, we, we run the high school football in the, in the fall. And that's probably in a town that doesn't have a lot of industry um, in a very rural area. Um, high school football is probably the most important thing. And the thing that brings that community together more than sure. anything else. So I've said, I don't care if that station makes a profit or whatever, we're going to we're going to serve that town because we're the only station in that county. And if a tornado is rushing in toward Washington, uh, we're going to be on the air with that and and make sure that those people are served. I'm not I'm I'm just not uh, uh, going to cut bait because if I had a board of directors, I'd have been fired a long time ago. So luckily, uh, I don't have to deal with that. But running that station is the right thing to do. And I'm glad we're doing it. I'm. Curious about your your programming at at the local level, all your different markets. Uh, maybe you can go over that kind of and tell us what we would hear on your radio stations. Well, from the top level, um, just just a um, um, kind of a general rule of thumb or a strategy or whatever you want to call it or philosophy, um, you are going to get a mix of syndication and local talent uh, on every radio station. And I understand some people will yell at me and go, oh, you should never do any syndication and how dare you and be local, local, local. I get it. But the, but the resources aren't there for me right. to have live disc jockey 24 hours a day. I'd love it, but it, it's, it's not practical. It just can't, can't be done. So in order to do the best that we can and use our resources appropriately, um, you know, you will hear a John Tesh, for example, on, on our AC stations in, in middays, um, our, our, um, uh, classic hit station, the big signal I told you about in, in middle Georgia, uh, Murphy, Sam and Jody in the morning, um, Broadway and friends, excellent uh, country show that we have on both of our country signals. But then on those same stations, you're also going to have people. And I, and I like having people that are uh, especially salespeople. So, uh, you know, if you're out there hitting the streets and you're doing an air shift, you can come in and do a shift. You can do some of it live. You can do some of voice tracked. But make sure that you're there so that, that we're able, if there's something breaking that happens, that we're there. 
um, they're recognizable. So, you know, it's kind of neat. You, you, you know, you walk into a place, it's like, oh, I just heard you on the radio yesterday. And, and so that, that creates that connection. So we have no radio stations that are on, you know, 24 seven, you know, satellite delivered programming. No offense to those that do. If that's what you need to do in your market, if that's your level, you know, then that's what you got to do. Um, but, we do, but like I said, there, you're going to get a little mix of syndication, but even in our syndicated shows, we're going to have local weather on hourly, which is a big commitment that we've made in our company. We actually have, um, along with myself, I got my meteorology certification, uh, a couple of years ago. We have two other meteorologists and we do weather for our stations as well as other stations throughout the state. We can talk a little bit more about that in a second if you want, but that there's a digital component to all that. So you're going to get the local weather, local news, local sports that will be peppered in even during those hours with syndicated content. So taking it all in any given hour, you're going to hear local and some hours you're going to get some great content coming in from, uh, from, from other, other places. And we just try to tie it in. And I'll just give you another example that the Broadway and friends that morning show, they cut a lot of our local PSAs and things. So that's how we kind of draw that in. And, and they're talking about blood drives that are happening locally yeah. and, and things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, uh, that certainly seems like what it should all be about. You mentioned weather and your own, uh, your own, uh, love for the whole, uh, the whole industry there, the, uh, meteorology, meteorolog- meteorological, um, you're, you're in a, a part of the country that, uh, that, uh, certainly sees its share of of heavy duty uh frightening and and sometimes dangerous weather so talk about that for a minute if you would because uh you know here i sit in dallas which is technically part of tornado alley and we still have to pay attention to that kind of thing too we have some wonderful resources with our local tv stations who are able to go on and they're there and they're showing you maps and they're saying you know, okay, this, uh, this tornado that has just developed is now moving in this direction. And they can actually tell you approximately what time it's going to arrive at a particular intersection. I think a lot of people in the country are not familiar with that. I certainly wasn't before I got to Texas. Um, so, you know, how much effort do you put into uh, your weather coverage and how much do you get, if any, from other sources? Um, we, everything is in house, uh, that, that we do on the weather side. And I, uh, am grateful that there are radio stations that have those partnerships with TV stations because it, it's good. It's better than nothing. Uh, obviously if you are in your car or you don't have access to a TV and you're hearing that TV audio, um, it could save your life, but there are limitations. You, you know, you hear a lot of, as you can see here, and yeah. oh, and, and this is where it's going to be next. And you're like, what's this? Where, where are you pointing at? I don't know what you're talking about. So we've made the effort um, that there is a digital component to what we do. So anytime there is a uh, tornado warning active anywhere in the state of Georgia, which is a big state, 159 counties, largest state east of the Mississippi. We don't beat you there in Texas uh, on the west, west of the Mississippi, but you know, this is a big, big state, but anytime there's an active tornado warning or we have a, a severe weather day where we have just multiple severe thunderstorm warnings that have that capability of tornadoes, uh, we're live and, and and we have a feed that's available to all of our affiliate stations that they can take that audio. So instead of potting up a TV feed, that's not designed for radio. What we do is designed for radio. So you don't hear as you see here. Now, if you happen to be watching us on the YouTube channel or the Facebook um, live stream, 
you will still get to see all the colors and and the uh, and the maps. Um, but we've we've invested in in good radar technology. Actually, in the severe weather, uh, there's two different radars that um, completely different systems, but gives us different analysis of what's going on. Those are up at all time. Uh, we're connected directly to the National Weather Service through a, a service that they uh, have for broadcasters and uh, emergency management agencies and all that. So we're able to get those real-time reports and and communicate directly with the National Weather Service during these these events. And um, so, yeah, there, there's there's great effort. Um, and, and twice a year here in Georgia, we have meetings with the meteorologists at the National Weather Service. A lot of the media shows up and um, not a whole lot of representation from the radio side because there just aren't a lot of products out there. And I recognize that. And that's why I've taken my passion for that, stepped it up a notch to make sure that I actually know what I'm talking about by getting the certification and and, um, and told radio stations, hey, we know that if a tornado is coming into town, there's not much you can do about it. I mean, you know, you can get on and say what you possibly can say, or if you have a partnership with a TV station, do that. But in a lot of cases, you may not have those resources. We're a resource for that, that that you can use us uh, to um, to get that information out there. And it's it's all about saving lives. It's all about mitigating uh, loss of life and loss of damage. And, and um, you know, we've seen here, you know, you're in Tornado Alley. We're in Dixie Alley, which is becoming even more active than Tornado Alley, uh, especially uh, in the the fall has become a little more active than the spring that we've been seeing over the last several years. Um, and But we're seeing the numbers of fatalities decline. I want it to be zero. But yeah. the fact that we've seen events, you know, go back to April uh, uh, 3rd and 4th, 1974, the super outbreak, and just the tremendous loss of life. It's it's heart wrenching if you if you go back and look at the super outbreak and here in the south the numbers were great we didn't have as we had tornadoes here in the south but the the worst the worst were up in the midwest but here in the south we had tremendous loss of life and and seeing the fact that our storms given whatever year you're talking about are either increasing or decreasing but our loss of life is is we're pulling those numbers down and i think that goes a lot to broadcasters for doing their part to make sure that people are informed before, during, and after the storm. You, you mentioned um, syndication, and you mentioned, uh, from what I just heard, kind of partnering with other sources to get the information out when it's really important, when it's a critical need, and certainly that's what uh, that's what people have been arguing about for local radio for a very long time. That need the need to keep radio available in cars, for heaven's yes. sake. Um, what do you have other resources? Do you have do you use network resources, for example? Well, our national news comes in. We have partnerships with ABC News and Fox yeah. News for our national news. Um, the Georgia News Network, who does a fantastic job covering stories throughout the state, uh, that's that's a great resource that we use that comes from the outside. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know. It's it's just all about that balance and and augmenting what you're doing locally by being able to to uh, you know use resources that that are available to you. What about um, uh, do you have local people who are uh, who are dedicated 
to local news coverage? Or do you just kind of say, wait until there's something going on and you go, you know, when you should be talking about this a little bit, why don't you go out and talk to the mayor or why don't you go out and do that? Right. I mean, believe it or not, that's where we get uh, uh, most of the of the leads, I guess you would say, and just building those relationships. Um, you know, I, I'll get a myself and I'm not a news guy. I was a news guy for a, a minute in, in Tennessee and I was the worst newsman you'd ever imagine. I'd pick up a story and if I couldn't pronounce a name in it, then I would go on to the next story. So <laughs> I was the worst. Yeah, don't take any notes, anyone uh, coming up in the news. Don't do it that way. Um, so I'm not a news guy, but but what I've worked around some really good ones. But even still, I'll get a call sometimes from, you know, one of the congressman's office and and then, you know, hey, uh, this is this is what's going on. Can we get this story out? Can you absolutely, you know, and that's what it means to have those those relationships. And if we weren't involved with all these different uh, offices and individuals, we wouldn't be getting those phone calls. So there's that. Um Having a local dedicated news person is tough in the small markets. I've seen some places do it and they keep people around forever. Um, we had one young man that uh, uh, did a fantastic job for us. He did so good. He was hired by a bigger station about a year. I think he was with us over about a year and he he broke my heart and he went to a bigger station and, you know, he and the guy that runs that station, he and I are good friends. And, you know, he said, oh, sorry about that. And it wasn't a year later that he ended up going to the really big leagues, going to WSB in Atlanta. And so I, you know, I said, well, I guess your heart got broken now. So that's the thing, (laughs) which it's fine. It's great. That's what small market radio is supposed to be. We're supposed to be in some ways, the farm league. We're supposed to be the training ground. Let's get, let's get the young people involved. Let's get the old pros involved and get them helping with the, with the younger folks. And so then they can go on to become the old pros and, and I'm I'm very grateful to see everybody that has gone on to the big markets that I've had the privilege to work with over the years go on and do that. But um, but yeah, we're we're available to to get news in in, in both ways that you described, um, um, sourcing it locally and 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 getting it out there, whichever means is the most effective. One of the things that has uh, has been rather appalling to me in recent years maybe the last 15 or 20 years, but certainly within the last five or 10 is uh, the number of people who are on the air in major markets that had no prior experience at all. Their first on air job is in Chicago. Yeah. It's surprising. Or, yeah. Or mm-hmm. San Francisco, you know, and I, and I, and I look at that and I go, well, that's fine for them. Obviously a very talented and intelligent person, but that person is coming to the job with no background, no experience, no uh, learning by doing, and yeah. no understanding of uh, radio stations' historic and uh, and uh, legal obligation to the community and how right. it all how it all works. So I'm really cheering for you guys and hoping that you are uh, becoming the farm system as uh, as you said once again. Good heavens, it took me uh, 15 years to get to a major market, you know, Um, and I feel like I earned my way. But uh, I do that. I talk myself into these corners. So talk to me about your your staffs, your staffing, where these people come from, and uh, not just programming, but sales and and everybody else. Yeah, so... I'll go with sales first because I think it's uh, the most fascinating to me is that uh, some of the best salespeople 
that we've had, including our general sales manager for the company, um, had no had had very little radio experience. Uh, worked in the radio station, you know, part time. Did some other things, remote setup, things like that. So, kind of what you're talking about, working your way up, not just right. jumping in on day one, but not having a lot of of preconceived notions necessarily, uh, but being able to create their their position the way they felt that it worked best instead of what what they were told is the is the norm for example i always heard this old saying about uh, about nascar drivers you know that the best nascar drivers a lot of times are these rookies because they don't know what they don't know <laughs> you know they'll go three wide at bristol and you know the old guys will go you can't go three wide in bristol and they say well i just did it so you know it's like a bumblebee they're not they they you know physics says they can't fly but they just do it anyway so it's interesting to to see people that come in that uh they just go do it, you know, and and uh, and and you go, wow, I, I, we didn't think that was possible, and so uh, and and that encourages each other, and that's the other thing. Whether and and I have people that have been in broadcasting for, um, I, th- I think one person, I think he's at about fifty years, maybe fifty plus years in broadcasting. He's on staff. Um, I have you know a young lady I hired two weeks ago. This is her first her first um, gig, so that's such a great diverse group but what keeps us all together is that we support each other even on the sales side it's not about cutthroat let's see who we can you know get and that's so common around so many places but you know we'll go in a salesperson will go in they say oh i just saw you know such and such earlier this morning oh great well i just want to say hi too. tell them i said hi you know we support each other and and it has worked for everybody and that is the key if you can't if you can't get along then this isn't the organization for you um it, it you know this is this is like a family. This is not meant to replace your family, but this is meant to be your radio family. And 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 at the end of the day, we're all in it together. And and everybody believes in that. And if they don't, it, it just doesn't work out for them. And they can go somewhere else. Um, and and as far as our air, air talent is concerned, um, you know, again, just such a variety of, of backgrounds of people who have been in in large markets, people who have only been in the market they're in right now. Um, and, I, you know, Dave, if you told me I, I could trade in my entire staff, on-air staff, sales staff, or whatever, and you said, I've got a group, and they all have the exact same amount of experience, it's a ton of experience, all in major market, and I would say, no, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I would go fight with my people in any trench you could dig for me because of just the difference, the diversity of their experience and the way they look at things differently, but then all come together at the end of the day, supporting each other. Are you still in acquisition mode? Are you expanding or are you going to end end that at some point? Sure. Are you selling anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, Oh, here's the other thing. We built this company without any debt. And um, again, board of directors would have fired me on probably my first week. Uh, and and we could have grown really, really fast and really furious. We could have taken on a ton of debt in 2006 and then lost it all two years later during the recession. So thank good. I was I was dumb in 2006, but I was a visionary by 2008, I guess. So um, it's just a matter of, of growing without that debt. And again, there's nothing wrong with debt. I mean, you know, some, that's the way it works a lot of times. And right. you can grow really fast and do great things. I'm not being critical of that. 
But the way I'm wired, I can't sleep at night if if I'm worried that a bank's going to come padlock the doors. So um, if there's something that comes along that looks good and, and it's a good price, you know, right now, unfortunately, we are such an, an extreme buyer's market that a lot of acquisitions are just locked down. You know, you'll look at a property and the owner says, you know, I want a million dollars for this. And you go, well, my goodness, it's worth a hundred thousand. We got a bit of a gap there. So yeah. when it becomes that much of a buyer's market, it becomes a nobody's market. And that's kind of where we are at the moment. I think, you know, that's going to free up again one day, but um, you know, if it's, if it's right and it makes sense, um, why not? Well, listen, I'm going to let you go, but I certainly appreciate your time. And I'll tell you, I am, personally going to be keeping an eye on you, keeping an eye on Oconee uh, Communications and uh, wishing you all the best because there's nothing I would like to see more than uh, more local radio, strong local radio, local radio the way it used to be. And um, I just, uh, you know, I, I really, I really uh, rooting for you guys and hoping that uh, this is an idea that spreads. So well, Dave, thank you, and we can take all the support we can get because it's 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 a tough business, but uh, with 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 love and support, that's that's what pushes it along. I love it. If I'm ever in the neighborhood, I'm going to give you a call. That'd be great. All right, thank you, KJ. Thanks, Dave. Uh-huh.